The Blue Jackets are creeping closer to the playoffs. They are now only eight points back of Washington, who hold the second wildcard spot. And they won last night, so we love to see that. Also, why is Sharma mad at the media about the trade deadline? Let's find out. Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. Thank you for making this show your first listen of the day every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and soon YouTube, so keep an eye out for that. Whether you are a first-time listener or a regular listener, I appreciate you for stopping on by. As I mentioned off the top of the show, uh, today we're going to be looking at uh, last night's win against New Jersey. We're going to be looking at the playoff race and whether the Blue Jackets can sneak back into it. And also, uh, Yama Kekalainen talked to Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic about the upcoming trade deadline and uh, made some interesting comments about Patrick Laine, among others. So uh, we'll start off with the, with the game recap because... It's weird. It was a it was a four three win for the Blue Jackets. Uh, it was a strangely boring game for a game that had seven goals in it. Uh, I felt like nothing much happened outside of those goals, which feels like a it feels like a weird thing to to say. But that's kind of how how I felt. I've seen more boring Blue Jackets games, but uh, this one I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's because the opponent plays boring or because we're missing all of our exciting defensemen or what, but uh, if we get into it, uh, the Blue Jackets, again, did not start super strong. Uh, Vladislav Gavrikov decided to take a penalty eight seconds into the game. Jack Hughes would end up scoring on the power play, uh, which is a shame because the penalty kill has been really strong recently. Uh, just kind of a, a nightmare goal, honestly. Uh, could potentially have challenged for interference. Blue Jackets decided not to, I think probably because of uh, a little bit of, of uh, being gun-shy from the failed challenge against the Penguins, but it is what it is. Blue Jackets down early in the first period, but uh, all is not lost because Jake Christensen manages to score his first NHL goal. He is, I believe, the sixth Blue Jacket to score his first career NHL goal this season, which is extremely fun as a stat. Um, assists go to Cole Sillinger and Max Domi, and also uh, an assist has to go to, or an, an informal assist has to go to Justin Danforth, who hit... I don't remember who he hit, but he knocked them on the butts, and P.K. Subban basically took himself entirely out of the play to go and shove at Danforth and yell and essentially do nothing but open up that entire half of the ice uh, where Jay Christian should just kind of sneak his way in and score his first goal. So assist to just a Danforth, assist to P.K. Subban uh, in my heart, but not on the score sheet, unfortunately. Um, 
And then Arthur Bjorkstrand, who is starting to heat up. He's got goals in six of his last ten games, I believe. Uh, he scores his 18th of the season. Jake Voracek with the primary assist, of course. Uh, Jack Rosselbeck with an assist as well, which is good to see. Those two have really kind of been clicking. That's a fun little line, that uh, Bjorkstrand, Voracek, Rosselbeck line. I'll be interested to see how long it stays together. Um, but 2-1 Blue Jackets as they go into the second period. And then Blue Jackets score a power play goal of their own. Uh, 46 seconds into the second period. I didn't know that the Blue Jackets were allowed to score in the opening minute of a period. I thought they were only allowed to allow goals. But nevertheless, Boone Jenner, 23rd of the year, increases his lead on the team. Uh, he's coming up on 25. I will be very surprised if he does not hit 30 goals this season, which... If you saw that coming, I think you are a liar, but that's uh, that's beside the point. Uh, Jake Voracek hits 40 points on the season. 38 of those have been assists. You know, we've talked a lot on this podcast about Jake Voracek's uh, come as advertised. I think he is, he is what we expected and also what we wanted. You know, uh, sure, he doesn't score a ton of goals. Uh, he's got two on the season, but... Those assist totals, you uh, you can't really ask anything more from from Jake Voracek, in my opinion. Um, really good to see a power play goal uh, get on the board. Uh, but Nico Hisha has decided that he hates my joy specifically. Uh, he scores to make it three to two. Just a real rocket of a shot. Uh, I like Nico, I like Nico Hisha a lot. I think he's a really good player. Uh, I wish he would be less good against the Blue Jackets. Um, it's three to two going into the third period, and I am waiting for the Blue Jackets to implode uh, because it feels like that's what's it feels like that's what's that's what's on the way. Um, but fear not, Patrick Laine is here. Uh, scores to make it four to two. Uh, just a a ridiculous goal uh, sends, I think it was Damon Sieberson, to the Shadow Realm when he deked around him. Scores to make it 4-2, to two, uh, assist for Boo Jenner. That's Patrick Laine's 20th goal of the season in his 35th game. And even though the Devils keep it interesting with a power play goal to make it 4-3, to three, the Blue Jackets manage to hang on and... Uh, up to and including a late-minute penalty kill because Vladislav Gavrikov was not done doing crime. Uh, he took three minor penalties last night, which is not great. But uh, the Blue Jackets managed to hang on for that 4-3 win, get back in the win column. Big two points against a team in their division. In a minute, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the good things in this game and also a little bit more about Patrick Laine and some other potential free agents. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar. If you don't know what a Built Bar is, by now, they are a delicious protein bar that tastes exactly like a candy bar. I know that a lot of protein bars kind of have this as their thing, but these are actually incredible. Uh, they are low-calorie, high-protein, High fiber, low carb, low sugar, covered in 100% real chocolate, and uh, they contain like a third of the calories of a 
Candy Bar, and even better, uh, my personal favourite, the Built Puffs, are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They are fluffy, they are soft, they are marshmallowy. They are incredible, they're my favourite, and they're going to be yours as well. Built Bar's got a ton of different flavours. Uh, new for this month, they've got white chocolate cookies and cream, which is uh, a limited flavour, and it is incredible. They have new flavours coming out all the time. If they think a flavour might be good, they're going to make it. And uh, here's the best bit. If you go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, you will get 15% off your order. But again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Welcome back to Locked on Blue Jackets. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. So, Patrick Laine uh, gets back on the score sheet, starts a new streak. Uh, he had his 11-game streak snapped against Carolina and then failed to register a point against Pittsburgh. But a two-point night for Patrick Laine. And uh, there was an interesting article that came out this morning on The Athletic that I would like to talk about uh, because the trade deadline is coming up and everyone is kind of wondering what Yamakakalainen is going to do. Obviously, the Blue Jackets had a really, really good trade deadline last season. No one wants to sell, but getting two first-round picks for Nick Foligno and David Savard makes Jan Kakalainen, you know, one of the three stars of the trade deadline, in my opinion, um, and in many people's opinions. And then, of course, we ended up turning that Tampa Bay pick into Cole Sillinger, uh, trading with the Blue Jackets to make it, uh, trading with the Blackhawks, excuse me, to turn it from 32nd to 12th. So, good good work from, from Kakalainen, uh, and I think a lot of people are expecting more of the same from him. I don't know that the Blue Jackets will get another two first-round picks. Uh, they have a couple of, of unrestricted free agents that are likely to move. But I wanted to I wanted to touch on this because there have been some rumors going around that Patrick Laine is on the trading block. I've personally talked about it a little bit on this show. I don't agree with it, but I have kind of it made it made sense that potentially if we think that the Blue Jackets can't re-sign him, that it would it would make sense for them to trade him. However, uh, Jaro Kakalainen has uh, come out and said he's not trading him, uh, and he hasn't mentioned him in any conversations with other GMs. And uh, basically, he thinks that reporters are making stuff up for clicks, which is extremely funny for him to just come out and say the quiet part out loud, but. Uh, it does reassure me he wants Line a to stay long-term. I think Line a likes it here. Uh, I think Line a would, would be happy to stay. It just depends on if the two parties can agree on term and salary. Uh, so just a just a quick little a quick little aside for for that. Uh, Patrick Line a likely not moved at the deadline. Uh, I still think it's likely that Max Domi is moved, and uh, potentially Corpusalo. Obviously, it doesn't hurt, help that he's injured at the minute, but so we'll see kind of where that goes from here. But, uh... 
the Blue Jackets could make the playoffs, is the thing. They're in that, and I talked about this a little bit. I did a, a video, uh, Locked On Now, that you'll probably see over the next week or so, uh, talking about the Blue Jackets at the trade deadline. And uh, the thing is, they're still pretty close to a playoff spot. They are six points. They are eight points out of the playoffs right now. Uh, Washington, they are 57 points. Washington is ahead of them with 65 which, uh, and they also have a game in hand against Washington, so if they can win that game in hand, they will be six points out, which is an extremely doable, uh, deficit to make up, especially if Washington continues to struggle, um, so it's, it's a weird, a weird situation for the Blue Jackets to be in, you know, do they give up on making the playoffs and sell, Kopsalo and Domi and prepare for next season, or do they become buyers, pick up a, a free agent rental from somewhere else, then maybe miss the playoffs and they've given up assets for it, or do they just kind of stay where they are, and if this group is good enough to make the playoffs as is, then they do that. Do they get rid of, of Domi and Kopsalo and try and make the playoffs anyway? It's such a it's such a delicate balance to uh, to figure out. Uh, I I have faith in Yamo that he will make the the right decision, but it's it's it is a strange position to be in at the trade deadline, and it's not one that the Blue Jackets have been in recently. I don't think uh, like arguably twenty twenty was a weird one because they were kind of on that same struggling to make the playoffs. Everyone was wondering what was going to happen around the trade deadline, and then you know COVID kind of shut everything down they ended up making the playoffs anyway with the expanded format and beating toronto but uh that's kind of the the only time in recent memory i think that the blue jackets have been in either a a position to potentially make the playoffs if that makes sense they've either been fairly locked in to make the playoffs or they've been so far out of it so it'll be interesting to see how Kekalainen approaches this uh the Blue Jackets have a handful of games before the trade deadline on March 12th uh they have I mean they have they still have five games before that deadline uh the Kings Boston Toronto New York uh Islanders and Minnesota are all games that are coming before the trade deadline so uh we'll see it could be this could be a completely different conversation by this time next week it'll be like i said it'll be interesting to see what kakalainen does whether he stands firm uh which i think he is the most likely to do you know uh he hasn't been a big buyer at the trade deadline um you know the last time he was a really big buyer quote unquote was the matt duchene trade and also keeping Panarin and Bobrovsky which he considered as trade deadline acquisitions you know renting them to themselves but we'll see hopefully he doesn't do anything stupid which I don't think he will I trust I trust Kekalainen to make good decisions and to not trade uh players that I like because that will make me sad but uh so that's kind of that's kind of that aside. Uh, I did have plans to talk in this segment a little bit about uh, 
what the Blue Jackets did well in that game and what they didn't do so well, but I have run out of time for this segment, so that's what we're going to talk about next on Locked on Blue Jackets, coming up in just a minute. So the Blue Jackets, I, I talked at the top of the episode, it's kind of a, a boring game, weirdly. For, for a game that had, you know, 64 shots between the two teams and seven goals, I still maintain that this was a boring game. And I don't know whether it's because there wasn't a ton of high-danger chances for either team, or whether it was just the style that was being played, or what. Uh, but the Blue Jackets did some good things. Obviously, goal-scoring was was good. Uh, they out-face-offed the Devils by a significant margin. They won almost 60% of their face-offs. They scored a power play goal. Uh, their Penalty kill went three for four. Uh, penalty kill has been very good recently. Disappointing to allow that one at the end of the at the end of the period. This says that they had they only scored one power play goal, but they did in fact score two power play goals. The Devils. So I don't know what's going on there, but uh, it was just a. A boring game, and again, I'm looking at the the stats. Like the Blue Jackets hit a lot. They had 30 hits to the New Jersey Devils five. Uh, they blocked 24 shots, which is almost as many shots as made it through to the goal. So maybe not great defensively, uh, but it could have been much much worse. I think uh, the Blue Jackets were lucky that the Devils had a. Guy in net that had played like six games before this. I was fully willing for Nico Dawes to have a Vezina level performance, but lucky for us, he he did not do that. Um, and instead, he allowed four goals on thirty-one shots. So uh, thanks for that, Nico. Obviously, really great to see Jake Christensen get his first goal. Uh, great to see Patrick Line hit. 20 goals on the season. I I fully expect him to hit 30 or, or more goals. Uh, I genuinely would not be surprised if he hit 40 goals this season, uh, which would be would be incredible. He's got plenty of time to do it, and if he keeps scoring at the rate that he is, like that's a very doable doable task. The Blue Jackets have 28. Nope. The Blue Jackets have played 54 games so far so they have uh yeah 28 games left i believe math is math is hard but i believe they have 28 games left so if he can score 20 goals in those 28 games like that's not i don't think that's uh, out of the realm of possibility frankly um so we'll we'll have to keep an eye on that but uh yeah for the most part i didn't hate the game except it was extremely boring but it wasn't like bad um which is weird because i have not necessarily come to expect good boring hockey from the blue jackets i have come to expect good fun hockey uh and boring games that are also good uh, it's very rare that the blue jackets have a game that is bo- that is good and boring usually their games are you know we, we've talked about this before that we may win but i may die uh scenario so it was kind of I don't think it was refreshing because, again, it was an incredibly boring game and it wasn't fun to watch, but it was kind of nice to have a a game where I was not checking my blood pressure or my heart rate for the entire game. 
So you win some, you lose some. And the Blue Jackets won this one. Next up, they have a couple of days off. They don't play again until uh, Friday, where they will be playing the LA Kings for the first time this season. Uh, and so we'll we'll sit down and we'll talk to Sarah Avampato, host of Lockdown Kings, friend of the show, personal friend of mine. And we'll see how the Kings are doing, because they are also a team that is not necessarily playing good hockey all the time, but is playing fun hockey most of the time. They're in a playoff spot for the first time in a few years, so uh, they're, they're having fun with it. So we'll sit down, we'll talk to Sarah about uh, Adrian Kempe, mostly, uh, but also probably some other things. Uh, so that'll be probably tomorrow and maybe Friday. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but that's kind of all I've got for you today. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets and wherever you get your podcasts and soon YouTube. So keep an eye out for that. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. And thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day every day. Until tomorrow, make sure you stay. Locked on.